Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, welcome to another transmission of Ill Communications. Illcoms. It's Illcoms. Uh, today, uh, we got a good show going for you. Uh, I'm Ryan. Uh, welcome to the show. I'm Andy. Uh, and uh, this is our guest today is John Orton. Uh, oh. Longtime friend. Uh, this is a reconnect kind of transmission. Uh, John used to book shows for Dyer Youth back in the day when we go up to Seattle, uh, hooked us up, and uh, it was cool to reconnect with him a couple months ago on Instagram, just randomly started chatting, and then uh, definitely one of the first people I wanted to do once we got this uh, this little show going. So uh, how you doing, John? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's uh, it's nice to see you because, I mean, like you said, we reconnected on um you know, Instagram, but this is like the first, I guess, like pseudo face-to-face chat we've had in a long time. For sure. Like, like you said, you're you're definitely a lot fitter. Uh, definitely going to break some bones, man. Looking, looking <laughs> fit, dude. Fighting weight. You're in your fighting weight. <laughs> a buddy of mine says I'm a, I'm a half the size, but twice the man. And uh, I go with that. I'm literally, I'm literally half the size I used to be. Dang. That's awesome, man. Good, good for you, man. Good on you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I was... Somebody said, I, I don't remember, I bought something from somebody on Discogs or something, and they, they wrote, like, the artist formerly known as Big John or something like that. And like, <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was always Big John Seattle or Big John Straight Edge, or I was, you know, one of those. You look at, like, a lot of, like, releases from, like, the, you know, mid-90s, and you see Big John Seattle. And that's I don't remember you guys, Big John Seattle. Like, that might have even been your email. I don't remember, dude. Or I, I, I actually think it was. Yeah, I think that was like my first ever email. Like mine was was you know actually Big John Seattle and not something like super embarrassing, like you know, black crying candy razor blades six 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 or something like that. So <laughs> I mean, I'm more of an I'm a I'm a early '90s hardcore kid, not a 2000s kid. So right, yeah. yeah. Sure, yeah. Actually, though it was X Big John Seattle X. So. I, yeah, I definitely remember that. Uh, yeah, I'm old. Uh, Hotmail account. <laughs> um, and you played in uh, Left for Nothing? Cool yeah, band. I played in Left for Nothing. I played in a few other bands, but I mean, that was really the only one that really did anything. Um, yeah, that was, I mean, if if anybody was going to find anything that I was on, that would that would be the one. That yeah, was, like, yeah, I, I played, played with you up there. I saw you down here a couple of times. With the, I remember the band for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played in Left for Nothing. Um, it was towards the end um i moved actually moved down here um and they broke up for a little while and then kind of got back together for a bit okay uh, when they got back together that's when uh the drummer and the bass player um nikki and brian also started playing in trial oh uh, yeah um that sort of um more or less kind of ended left with nothing's like i mean everybody else kind of went on to do other bands too um Nobody's really doing anything now except for Jesse, uh, the guitar player. Um, he's now the guitar player in Noise, the street punk oi band. Oh, right. Yeah, like they're honestly, they're in. It's, I think, so I was going to say it's kind of hard for me to be unbiased, but I didn't even realize he was in the band when I got into the band. But they're honestly, as far as like American, like punk rock bands go, they're probably like the best man going out there right now. Like they're an awesome band. I, I haven't heard him, to be honest, so I'll check him out. Yeah, noise with a yeah noise in in o i apostrophe. You know the noise. See what they did there? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah they got some stuff <laughs> records. And Jesse also runs a recording studio called the Autopsy Room. Pretty much any of like the punk or hardcore or like a lot of the metal albums that come out of like Seattle area, he's he's behind the board on those too. Oh, cool. So, yeah, he was on Left Nothing also. So 
So, so what, what brought you down to California when you moved? I was actually born here. I was born in, I was born in Bakersfield and uh, was, was up in Seattle for a while. Just like us. <laughs> it's, a, it's a vortex. You get out. It's like Godfather 3. You don't pull you back in. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I came down just for like a visit, um, just kind of hang out for a while. And uh, I shot, I was, I didn't realize like how burnout I was on the rain and just like just being there. And so I just like, you know, I'm going to hang out down here for a while. And it's been 15, 20 years or something like that. Crazy, man. I wish, honestly, I wish we would have known years ago. We could have been hanging out the whole time. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, because I mean, I, I don't hang out with people here in Bakersfield. You know, it's like I still I'm friends with a lot of the same people that I met right. 25 years ago at, you know, Chain Reaction and Showcase. So if I hang out with anyone, it's, you know, it's a two hour drive down to Orange County or something. So and, you know, Bakersfield has never really been like a thriving hardcore scene. I don't know if you remember, like when I moved down here, I tried to put on a couple of shows and it's like they just it just didn't work like like they just and and like the bands i tried to do shows with like it was like 18 visions and like death by stereo and bands like that and it's just yeah i mean it just just didn't work but i don't know i'm stubborn stubborn. you know honestly like when when things open up again and when we're able i've really been wanting to try it again so probably let me know let me know i'm down to help out yeah, we'll do that because uh, um, I don't know. I heard this band. They're all right. I um, heard they're a bunch of dicks, so ill communication. Um, oh, total yeah. dicks. The thing is, I actually came across those guys. <laughs> no idea. Like, literally, seriously, having no idea who was in the band. I was like, dude, I really like this. And then it's like, dude, you know what? I want to I want to do something. I want to put a record. I want to do something. And I think it was, I don't remember who I hit up. Was it you? Was like, uh, hey, you hit the, the Instagram and Joe, the bass player, he, he's mm-hmm. the first one. And he said, hey, Cause he doesn't like talk to people because he's antisocial. So he's yeah. like, Hey, gotta talk to these people. And I'm like, all right, heck yeah. So, and then once you said your name, I'm like, man, that name's so familiar, but I'm like, no, he doesn't live in, I don't know anyone that lives in Bakersfield. <laughs> it's just threw me off, man. Yeah. No, you know, when, when there would be shows here, you know, I just kind of be that weird dude hanging out in the back, you know? So I bet we've probably been in the same shows hanging out on different corners in the back. Yeah, I'm sure. We, I'm sure we have. I'm sure we have. So I'm I'm like, the biggest really one, you know, going to hardcore shows, it's just kind of, I mean, I've never, I've never stopped doing hardcore, you know, it's just kind of always been the thing. Yeah. I remember going to the terror show a couple years back and it was like, man, I didn't know anybody. And I'm just like, oh, this is so weird. Yeah. Like, it is. I'm, I imagine it's kind of that double-edged sword. Like you don't recognize anybody, but at the same time, you're kind of hyped that there's people there like for something like a terror show. Yeah. Yeah. Like actually the last show before everything shut down was uh Madball at Jerry's pizza. And I seriously, I lived literally like four minutes from Jerry's pizza. Nice. <laughs> like I'm, I'm at that age. Like I seriously, it's like, I like literally four minutes from Jerry's pizza and I'm super stoked for the show. But then like, it's like an hour before the show starts. And I'm like, man, do I really want to go? Uh, man, it's all the way down there. I gotta leave the house. I gotta put shoes on. But yeah, no, I went and again, like I, it, same thing. I was stoked because you know there's people for you know a hardcore show on like yeah. a Wednesday night, and uh, at the same time, like you don't you you hardly I, I knew maybe like ten people, if that. Which at the same time, I'm oddly cool with because I've got the whole like antisocial thing too. So <laughs> yeah, Jay's people still rules, man. I, I'd love to play there again. That's always a fun spot, I think. Yeah, I remember um, seeing some. I was trying to think of some of the crazy bands that I saw there, and like we get like even when I didn't live here, I never played there. It was weird. Um, we had a show book there, and we showed up, and there was just like some other show going on. 
And I just happened to know the guy that was um, running the show. And he's like, well, you know, you guys can play. I can't really pay it, but maybe like you'll sell some merch or something. We didn't really have any merch. And like, once we saw the other bands that were playing, we realized <laughs> they're not going to be into us. This is not going to be worth like unloading our van and everything else. So we didn't even play. That's the closest I ever came to playing Jerry's. So, well, lots to start a band and we'll make it happen. I'm absolutely going to hold you to that. So, I'm sitting in yeah. a room here, like filled with like musical equipment that I do nothing with. So, I'm becoming like a musical cat lady. It's like, I'm just hoarding gear and doing nothing with it. Oh, well, let's make something happen, man. I'm all about it, man. Heck yeah. And now you're in Bakes, uh, working, uh, and you have kids, right? Yeah, I have kids. My kids are all grown. Actually, today is my daughter's uh, second anniversary. It's her second wedding anniversary. Yeah, my kids are back up in Seattle. Um, they just couldn't hang with the heat here. Yeah, they just they just hated the heat. And uh, yeah, like I say, my doctor, or doctor, my daughter, it's her, uh, yeah, her second wedding anniversary today. So Congrats, man. That's rad, dude. Yeah, that's that's awesome. awesome. I'm sure I'll send her the link to this. So happy anniversary to Kayla and Krista. So there you go. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. This transmission is brought to you by It's Alive Fanzine. just heard was down the street by annihilation time off their self-titled full length with nardcore legend fred hammer on the mic annihilation time cds and massive it's alive posters with gnarly art are available now direct message at it's alive fancying on instagram for details right on man well uh let's uh let's jump into these records uh we'll uh, we'll go with what you picked first if you want to lay it out Yeah, so I'm going to grab it. So this is one I picked, um, Undertow. This is their uh, discography um, called Everything, which is literally everything they did, but that's also the name of a song. Um, Indecision Records um, put it out. And something I noticed when I was listening to this that I'd never listened to, I'd never noticed before. So the track listing goes in reverse order from when everything was released. So yeah, like the first that. few tracks are their last L, like the last LP that they released. Okay. And then like the last tracks are like kind of like their demo. Um, it's been a long time. I wanted to do this one because it's one of those bands. I wasn't sure if I could listen to it objectively without putting like my like emotion, like without putting like attaching all my memories to it. Cause we all have that, that band that was like a central part of like our like kind of hardcore formative years. And um, one of those for me is instead for when I lived in California, another one is um, undertow. So it, it was, I, I had to take a step back and listen to it really objectively for the first time. And uh, I think it's a really like interesting snapshot for a time in hardcore that was like really transitional. Yeah, I understand. Um, yeah, it, like Undertow, they were um, kind of, it was about, say about like 93 to 96. So they didn't have like a really like, I mean, they're around longer than that, but that was like their peak production period. And you can definitely hear like the transitions um, from where they started um, to where they ended up. But 
I never really understood what people meant when they said like Seattle sound um, is, you know, everybody who talks about like the grunge thing and all that. I lived in, I lived in Seattle then. the grunge scene was not a thing that didn't happen. There was not a grunge scene in Seattle, like Alice in Chains and Nirvana and like all Pearl Jam, all those bands didn't play together. Like that wasn't a thing, right. but Seattle's just always been like a big, like, like music city, like a music town, but like, it's everything, you know, the music you make is going to be influenced by your environment. And Seattle is a wet, dreary place. And I can hear that. Like, I can hear that in, like, I can definitely hear, like, the correlation between, like, Undertow and then something like the Melvins. You know, like, there's, I can, I can hear it. Like, there's, like, a, there's a sludginess and, like, a slow, like, heaviness. And you can definitely tell, I think it was a really good, like, indication of, like, where hardcore was going. Because not long after that, that's when bands, like, uh, Dead Guy and like kissing goodbye bands like that like the noisy chaotic thing um like turmoil like that's when those bands really started to kind of like um become like the bands that everybody like emulated and i think undertow was kind of a like a step ahead on that one but I, uh i don't know much about undertow i mean like i had heard them back in the day and I, i'm pretty sure i saw them when i lived up in norcal um they toured quite a bit Probably didn't pay too much attention to them because they're probably at that time I loved like Ignite and Redemption 87. So like it was they like, might have been so that's the thing, they weren't metal, like they're, they're not metal, like they're not one of those. No, they're just heavy, like even Stripe was too heavy yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah, they're not, yeah. That's the thing. It's like that's that's something unique about them. It's like they can be they're heavy, but they're not metal. Like like and and I don't think it's because like I know the guys, I know the stuff that they were listening to at the time. They weren't metal kids at all like they weren't into metal and again i think the heaviness just comes from like where we were from at the time and the environment that we were in just in like a a, a dreary i mean the, the the weather in seattle the environment is heavy so i mean that comes hey, out in music i think the name, the name undertow is awesome just like yeah. like yeah it's a it's a yeah, yeah. To me what you're talking about kind of the, the name fits perfectly mm -hmm. i felt like it was like if if uh uh, unbroken and chain of strength had a baby that's what that's a really yeah that's actually really that's good and, honestly, and i would throw something like you know like the melvins in there too or yeah. maybe like even some black sabbath like just for like because yeah. like, there's a heaviness to it right and i think that's good though i think that's pretty accurate if, if unbroken and chain of strength had a baby that's that's pretty accurate yeah Dude, yeah i i i'll be honest this is uh actually one of those instances where I get slapped in the face and reminded that I don't know anything about <laughs> music because for whatever reason, I think I had some like early preconceptions of what undertow was going to sound like without ever actually listening to them. Mm -hmm. And like, I think because of the Seattle type connection, I like assumed like they sounded like botch, which is another band I probably need to go back and listen to because I just never really gave it a chance at the time. But having listened to it, like now, I'm like, how could I have slept on this? Because it's like, you really catch that chain of strength type, uh, like influence. So I was listening to it. I was like, why, what does this sound like? It, it sounds like something that I've listened to before. And yeah, you get a heavy chain of strength influence, but you also can see the influence that Undertow had on other band sound. Like there's riffs that I hear and I'm like, I'm pretty sure Bane had something like that on their first seven inch or trial did something like this. You know, there's, it's, it's all kind of full circle where you can see what influenced them, but also 
what they influenced. And I really, really liked this this gog. It's it's really cool. I need to listen to it more because oh. I, I was blown away. That's awesome. Yeah, that's um, that's absolutely true. I mean, I can. It was really easy because for me to hear that influence, um, like the, like the first Bane seven inch, and we're we before this whole thing. So we're talking about Countervail. Um, there were a lot of bands that were coming up in like the like late nineties, early two thousands. Bane being one. Um, trying to think of some others. Um, you, you mentioned Trial. Um, Strain was another one. Um, but yeah, the undertow influence was definitely. Um, really strong um strife um sort of in some of their like um like older stuff you can definitely hear like the influence and then they had like a really the bands that were coming out of jersey um like out of resurrection like after um like the 90s like judas factor um i'm drawing a blank on them but there was a crop of bands for a while that like you could really hear like that undertow influence but I think Bane is definitely like the biggest, um, the one that stuck around the longest and that, especially when they don't follow like the typical songwriting structure, Bane never had like that verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Yeah. And Undertow, I think is one of the, definitely can't say the first, but I think one of the, uh, the hardcore bands that had the most output that sort of, you know, did that. So I can kind of see where they, I, I think it's really easy to draw like a direct correlation from Undertow to Bane. And did the Undertow tour a lot? They did, yeah. Yeah, they toured quite a bit. Um, they would do a lot of, like, West Coast things where they'd drive down the West Coast, like, just for a weekend, and they'd bring, like, 50 or 60 Seattle kids with them. Um, <laughs> but they did, yeah, they did a lot of, um, there were, they did quite a few shows on the Snapcase. That's another one. Like, the, the Undertow influence is definitely clear, um, especially the stuff that Snapcase did after Looking Glass Cell, Steps and all of that. Um, my flashes when they kind of before they went, you know, kind of full Deftones territory. Um, um, I can hear undertone in that too. I was always sort of able to, but yeah, they did do a lot of stuff on the. They did a lot of stuff on the East Coast. Um, I've still got some flyers somewhere with like with Undertow and Strife, and even though they were West Coast, but they, um, they mouthpiece. That was another band they played with a lot. Um, mouthpiece there's some mouthpiece vibes in, in in their band like they they would uh they'd fit well together i think yeah yeah they actually yeah they played together like quite a bit and there's there's a definite there's something similar about even those mouthpiece mouthpieces all the way out in new jersey and then it goes here and i mean aside from them being around in the same era there's not really a whole lot of similarities that you can just like directly point to but there's something there's some sort of similarity there in, in like the sound yeah, maybe the, maybe the vocals too. It might sound a little bit like Tim McMahon or whatever, but um, yeah, I definitely I dug it out. I dig all the little guitar tricks too. They do the little slides and like on a, I think it was a control maybe that has that like the wheel. Uh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. The sort of wheelie kind of um, yeah, bad. I, I like that a lot. They did, they do a lot of stuff like that. And this is just sort of like a random like factoid just from kind of being a part of the scene at the time. Um, so the guy that produced that record was Clint Warner, the guitar player from Seaweed. Um, yeah. So if you don't know Seaweed, they're amazing, totally underrated band. But that little trick that he does is the exact same thing that Randy Rhodes does at the beginning of Crazy Train. He's just oh. sort of running his, his hand down the neck and then, and then the pick up to higher strings. Yeah. So Clint's like, hey, check this out. It's a Randy Rhodes thing. That's where they came from. But, 
but because Mark was just doing like random, the guitar player at the time was just doing like random noise stuff. Um, Cause that's, again, it was sort of a precursor to, you know, dead guy and like the heavy, no escape, the band, no escape, um, Tim Singer. That's where that came from. Like that no escape influence um, is really, really apparent. And especially those later undertow songs, but he was just trying to do like noisy, chaotic guitar stuff. And uh, Clint, the guitar or the uh, guitar player from Seaweed, like, hey, do this Randy Rhodes thing. So, yeah, you can see where bands took that and ran with it. Yeah, took it, you know, times to 11, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And Undertow was, uh, I don't want to say the other bands did it better because it was a different thing for a different time. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, and that No Escape Band has a new record coming out, huh? Elminded, yeah. super cool. Yeah, yeah, I think it's Elminded. Yeah, yeah, those are guys. That label seems really cool. Yeah, so check that out. Buy one. Uh, all right, well, look, let's rate this record then, man. You want to go first, John? Off our so, yeah, let, let me pull up Brady's down. Make sure I make sure I got it right. So <laughs> I'm honestly really torn on this one. So, so I so real quick, let me preface. Okay, is this, is this hardcore? Like, I know you kind of you, you said you're taking a step back and you want to listen to it, but like. I know in the in the past episodes, there's only a couple online yet, but like a big thing always for, for me and Ryan is always like the, the live experience and seeing a band or, or hearing a band or being around them. So you don't have to judge the record on just purely recording whatever. If you want to throw it, you okay. know, you're passionate about like, Hey man, I was there. That's why they're so important to me. Like, and you'll, it'll be more important to you than to me or Ryan or someone else. But that, to me, that, that that's a big part of hardcore, you know? So yeah, yeah it's, it's not so objective dive deep or whatever. Okay, so that being said, before we get into the race, real quick, I want to get into the lyrics. The lyrics, so at the time, I mean, it's still, I can't even say at the time, just in general, you don't, some of the, the, these lyrics on this record are some of the most, like, they're intensely personal. Oh, the song um, Noose? The song Noose is crazy. Like, yeah, yeah, the lyrics yeah. are intensely personal. And John Pettibone, who I still think to this day is one of the best frontmen in, in music, period, not just hardcore. Like, that guy would literally, I mean, I shouldn't say literally, figuratively, like, bleed on stage. You know, it's like after he would perform, after Undertow would play, you would just kind of leave him alone because he would need a minute. Like, after, you know, shouting these words, like, these, these lyrics actually meant something. Yeah. And uh, I can't tell you, I mean, for me, the song Stalemate, um, it was actually off, it's on this, this is, you know, discography, but it was off one of the early seven inches. It, it's one of those songs, like, still to this day, when I was listening to this, today, still gives me goosebumps. Some, like, really intense lyrics that I think are really, like, highly relatable, um, even though, you know, they're 25 years old, still intensely personal and totally relatable. It's hardcore, though. Stands the test of time. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So, so that being said, the fact that, you know, I can take my own personal experience and, you know, run with that. So, um, so I got to say, um, I, I got to put it, I got to put this in, uh, believe the hype. I think this is definitely, this is definitely a should own. I mean, I can't put this in, you know, age of Pearl bringing it down, you know, minor threat discography level, but I mean, it is, it's a definite, it's a definite showdown. Not only is it like a good snapshot for that period in time in hardcore when things were really transitional, but like you said, it, it stands the test of time. It's, I can't really think of another band if, you know, for the, for the fan, for the four fans of, it's kind of a tough one for me for Undertow, but um, 
You've got some, it's, it's, it's heavy without being metal. So if it, it is, if, if you like heavy music, then like, if you like your hardcore heavy, it's going to work for you without crossing that, you know, without crossing that line into Pantera territory. Um, but then also, you know, sit down, like actually give it like an actual listen. And again, some of these lyrics are just like a gut punch, which is exactly what hardcore should be. It should make you feel something. And, and it does. So I definitely think this is, you know, this is a top tier should own. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'll go first. Uh, I felt the same that it's a, yeah, definitely bleed the hype. Um, yeah, I'm not familiar with the band enough to really to say it was Illmatic, but like they definitely listen to you. They definitely had a lot of influence and stuff on, especially Seattle or Northwest area. And, uh, but I definitely like this, this is the first discography we've done. So there's a lot of songs to, to listen to in, for, and kind of rate, but I man, the last four songs were my favorite, and that's the the the, the latest or whatever the the last stuff they did, and I yeah. really like that man. That they did the you could tell that the direction they were going just kept getting they kept progressing from the the track from their early stuff to the to the end, which would be the yeah. opposite on the album. You know, the from the last track on the album to the first track, if you went in reverse, they definitely mm-hmm. like. The last song is actually an embrace cover. I don't know if you caught that or not, but building the last song is actually an embrace cover. So it's the only cover they oh. ever did was that embrace song. Yeah. No, I didn't. Even, yeah. Yeah, they did that for a Trust Kill Records comp. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Only cover okay. they ever did was that embrace song. So. But yeah. definitely, definitely a cool record. I like. Yeah, it gets heavy without being metal, and uh, yeah, I dug it out, and I'll listen to it again. Right. Yeah, I I definitely put it at believe the hype. I. Uh, like I said, I, I'm amazed that I never gave this a, an opportunity before because it's it's really cool, uh, and yeah, the, I need I need to deep dive into it. But I I really liked it, and it just makes me want to listen more. That's awesome. I'm glad you guys like it. It's awesome. Yeah, I was I was in Northwest, dude. Seattle, all, all the cool guys, man. Cool bands. Awesome. <laughs> This episode is sponsored by Another City Records. Pre-order Ill Communication's new record now at anothercityrecords.com. This 12-inch features Ill Communication's remastered EPs, Ode to the Old Gods and Death Threats and Hieroglyphics, available now in three colors with either laser-printed or silkscreen B-side. What's that you say? You don't collect vinyl? Well, they also have cassettes, hats, and shirts. Order now from anothercityrecords.com. Uh, Ryan, you'll introduce Nest Records since we've already talked about it on our failed uh, first attempt. <laughs> me and you. So uh, uh, yeah, so uh, we went with uh, the Restraining Order LP that uh, Triple B put out uh, in 2019. Um, this band is up and coming for sure. Uh, like we talked about a little earlier, uh, when it was just the three of us, I guess we weren't recording. But uh, the first stuff they did was, yeah, yeah. there it is. It's yeah, got that cool uh, Youth of the Day oh, style. Awesome cover, such a good cover. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. Uh, and the rest of the layout on the LP is really cool, too. Uh, I, I wish I had it on me. It's at home. But, uh, yeah, the whole gatefold uh, and everything. But yeah, I, a gatefold too. We did two gatefold records. Oh, perfect. Nice. Yeah, I, don't have, I gotta get it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's something 
this is definitely more leaning on the punk side of the spectrum with the uh, restraining order, but it's, it's just enjoyable, man. It's just kind of a nice old style kind of hardcore, not so much the youth crew or, you know, the metallic stuff that's really popular. Uh, so yeah, this is, this is a record that I've been jamming quite a bit and, I, if anything, this is the record that got me really turned on to Triple B. Like, I needed to check out more of their stuff uh, because I really like this record for sure. John, yeah, I, I love this record. Um, I um, heard, I saw Restraining Order. Maybe it was Sunday Fury. I don't remember, but I thought they were absolutely amazing. I thought they blew pretty much every other band off the stage, and they got the seven inch, and they pre-ordered the record as soon as it came out. And uh, I've listened to it again, like, you know, here it is. Um, <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've listened, listened to it. And, but I listened to it so much. I think I kind of burnt myself out on it a little bit. So when you said we were doing this, I was actually like pretty stoked to go back to it again. And I just sat and gave it like a really deep listen. And um, like you said, Ryan, there's like a lot of like punk rock stuff. And I've been, I've been on like this seventies kick lately, like been listening to a lot of, you know, dead boys and New York dolls and stuff. And as far as like the guitar work, I hear a lot of similarities. Like there is as much like sex pistols and like New York dolls and uh, like Johnny thunders in a lot of the guitar work, just as much as there, I mean, there's as much of that as there is like SSD. And like minor threat. Yeah. yeah Dude, the songs are catchy too. They're, they're, they're like, that's the thing. Every song, there's no skippable song. I mean, the, the whole record is like 15 minutes long. But it, those things, it's like everything is so, like, it's really cohesive. It's like, it really feels like they sat down, like, actually planned out an album instead of like just writing a bunch of songs and throwing them on there. Like, one song really flows into the other one. That's something I really noticed. Like, this actually plays like an actual album, not a collection of songs. And everything is like seriously, like really catchy, but it's catchy, but at the same time, super pissed off. So it's like they were able to find like that, that happy medium with like, you know, we're really mad, but we're going to make you sing along. So it's, 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 it's like, it's, it's a fun, but angry record at the same time, which is like, honestly, that's how their show, that's how their live show comes across. So I know uh, they remind me, I, I know this man gets a lot of hate, but uh, Turnstile, like they're in just because they're so incredibly, like have nothing, like not even talking about like the music because I don't like 311, but um, the, um, <laughs> um, no, I actually don't dislike Turnstile, but um, as far as like energy level, oh yeah, we're pretty high up there. Yeah, I've seen Turnstile yeah. a few times and they're definitely, uh, if you didn't, even if, if you went to a hardcore show and you saw that band play, you'd, I mean, you'd you'd be stoked, dude. Like, honestly, like that's what happened to me. Like I'd, I'd heard of them, but I hadn't heard them. And then within like a couple of minutes, like okay, I'm a fan. Like I was, I was into it, dude. Yeah, for sure. I've yeah. only ever seen the video from the of uh, restraining or from that New Age Fest, and that was pretty cool. So yeah, that might have been where I saw them. I, I honestly don't remember. No, because it was in a bigger place. I don't remember where I saw them. But it was in a bigger place. I feel like it was Sound Fury or something like that. But I know, I know that there were a lot of bands, and they were the only one I walked away remembering. Nice. I just don't remember where it was. So. Yeah, I definitely dig yeah, them. They got the they got a slapshot vibe with the the singy kind of like choke singing, like almost better and more catchy or, or catchy. Yeah. And I said it before, I, I think the singer sounds a little bit like Dave Bird to me from Striking Distance, like, on his, like on his gnarly like 
growlier parts, which yeah, is always awesome if you sound like Dave Bird. Um, <laughs> not exactly like Dave Bird. There's only one Dave Bird, but uh. I'm really looking forward to seeing what what they do next. Um, yeah, yeah. Is you know, given time to like just improve us because this is already really good. I mean, just but these guys are young, so giving given time to improve as you know songwriters and musicians. Yeah. I'm curious to see if they keep going in this direction and what they what they do with it or if they kind of go off <clears throat> if they do like a ceremony or like a you know like a fury thing and go off in kind of a different direction hmm. where they still sound like restraining order but just doing something slightly different maybe they go ssd the way we rock yeah you can know just ruin it i'm like totally not trying to name drop or anything but um i was um messaging i was in like a group message with um al from ssd and I, I, who, I, who i don't know i just I, I don't know at all i just found myself in this group message with him and he made some comment about how like you know his time was like done in hardcore or something like that i mean other people are like dude what are you talking about like there are still bands that are are either directly or indirectly influenced by ssd and this was the first man i thought of so i sent him the download code from this from this record and he was like super stoked on it again like i don't like trying to name drops i don't know the guy at all like that was my only interaction with him i'm jealous ssd and uh like yeah i can you know he was he was like super stoked he was one of those things like he didn't want to admit that yeah i can hear my band in this band but uh yeah he was still super stoked on it so so pretty cool that's cool yeah. Well, let's go ahead and uh, we'll rate this one. We're kind of getting short on time. Ryan? Uh, for me, this one is also a Believe the Hype, uh, because like John said, it's one of those instances where it's like, I I'm looking forward to see what they do next. Uh, and I really hope I get an opportunity to see this band live, too, because I, I feel like it's going to be fun. But uh, that's that's where I got it is Believe the Hype, for sure. What about you? What about you, John? Where you at? Yeah, say yeah, say blue vibe. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think if, if they continue, I mean, their their next their next record could be could be in like nomadic territory. Like if they continue like on this trajectory, like they could be like the band. You know, they could be. You know, they could. This one of those bands that could like change the world. You know, they could be like. You know, the next album they could become like that entry point for like a whole new generation of kids. Like I definitely think they've got so much potential. For sure. No pressure, guys. No pressure. Yeah, none at all. No, none. None at all. <laughs> yeah, I was wrestling when I first on your shoulders. I was wrestling with the sure shot. And then I'm like, then the more I listened, I'm like, man, this is just like straight up hardcore. Like, and I love it. I was like, this is exactly what I want out of a band. And like, so I'm definitely believe the hype. Like I I do. I think that there's more to come. And yeah, I never thought of like what you're saying. They could they could take a right turn and I might like it or might not, or it might just be, you know, like with ceremonies, like, oh, that's cool. It's not what it was, but it's to me, like I still dig those ceremony records. They're cool, but yeah, like, yeah, like they—they're so good at what they do. It's just they're consistently good at what they do, but what they do consistently changes. Yeah, and so like you know, the, so with this, it's like I, I definitely think that it, and I would like to see this the next phase of hardcore. You know, right now we're kind of in that crossover, Mind Force, Dead Heat, like which I love those bands yeah. too. But I mean, I mean, I'd be down if this was the next thing. I like yeah. that hardcore has gotten because it didn't always used to be this way every band sounded a certain way but now it's like you know you've got bands that sound like restraining order you've got bands that sound like you know mind force and then you know you've got bands that sound like magnitude and just all sorts of like different flavors and it's, and it's awesome and it's it's pretty good time for hardcore 
Yeah, not, not that I want any of those bands to go away. And I wish that, yeah, be, I just hope everyone gets their, their fair share of hype and like uh, their lo- fair share of love, I guess. Not even yeah. hype, love of people should like all those bands, dude. Everyone should be dying the new Dead Heat when it comes out, the new Charlie, you know, whatever, the yeah. B-Well record, the new tuning record, like all those people should buy all, all those. Records. So, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've got them all. And I, I think I, fall, I I hear a lot of people talking about old guys. I mean, I'm, you know, 44. I'm old, I'm old enough that I don't know how old I am. Yeah. And, you know, I hear uh, people talking about how, like, a lot of old guys, like, don't give new bands a chance. I love finding new bands, dude. I'm so stoked on Restraining Order, dude. I'm so stoked on Be Well and, I mean, Change and Mind Force. And, like, so many awesome bands. It, like, just so yes. much awesome. I'm, dude, I'm checking, like, Triple B and uh you know i'm checking like record labels like every day for like the new pre-orders so i mean if you don't you miss out on like awesome things dude i just i just love hardcore and that goes back to this you know restraining order you know the restraining, restraining order album it's hardcore like that's exactly what it is it's, yes. it's hardcore. yeah yeah well john we appreciate you having uh come and talking to us man thanks man appreciate you guys having me it's fun and uh absolutely reals man hopefully we'll hang out soon whatever you want from tash beer or from next time on big Trail, hit you up and we'll absolutely man we'll get together man uh but ryan you want to take us out dude yeah thank you again john for for stopping in and uh dude keep listening to hardcore because it's good stuff